Welcome to a brand new college football episode of the Bold Take Podcast. I'm Austin Hill. With me as always, Austin Waiter. Yeah. And uh, quite the weekend we had this past weekend. A little bit of a shocker. Flashbacks to 2007, maybe. It's getting more and more like that. It's getting Um, more and more like that. We'll see what Cincinnati has to say about it this coming weekend at the new number two. Um. But let's go ahead and start off with uh, a big topic outside of the games, and that's uh, LSU and Coach O are parting ways. Um, this comes just two years after a national championship, and so, you know, I just want want to hear some of your thoughts on, you know, what's going on with LSU. Well, I mean, there's a part of me that, I mean, obviously, you know, LSU fans, this is my problem with LSU, is every year with their coaches, which is why Les Miles got run off, is they have Alabama-like expectations for their team every year. And let's face it, there's only one team that has Alabama-like expectations every year, or should have them, and that's Alabama. Yeah. So unrealistic expectations by them. And then, you know, what Coach O's done, obviously, record-wise, since that national title. And then you add in the uh, off-the-field things that happened that was reported earlier during, like, the summer about the way some former players treated women on campus. And they had some new report that reported where he brought several girlfriends to practice and they became involved in the practice. So, I mean, I'm going to hope it's not solely based on record, but I mean, I like Coach O. He's the only thing I've liked about LSU like ever yeah. in my life. But, uh, you know, it it just seemed like he wasn't going to last m- much longer. And this is just it just it just had to get done. And I mean, I like him and I hope he lands somewhere and gets another job. But. Yeah, LSU just needs to change their expectations. Yeah, uh, I I agree. Um, I think, you know, a lot of it has to do with these unrealistic standards that they set for themselves. But part of it does have to do with the way LSU's performed under Coach O. They were average before the national championship, and then they walked into a national championship having uh, one of the greatest college football teams (laughs) we've ever seen. And then since then, they've been back to average, maybe even below that. Um, And so it really makes you think, you know, how much of that title was coaching. And we're kind of starting to see that, um, you know, maybe Joe Brady and his coaching was. I uh, really like him making a comeback to to there. Or I've heard rumors Dave Aranda Aranda from Baylor could be an interesting thing. Uh, yeah, even Drake Toll <laughs> currently worried about Dave Aranda leaving. <laughs> Another Baylor coach gone. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it seems more more and more like maybe it had to do more with Aranda and Joe Brady um, coaching or maybe even just the talents that they had. I mean, that's one of the most talented teams, like, in the history. Yeah. Like, like that's up there with the Alabama teams. For sure. And uh, so, you know, just to see Coach O not be able to hold it together after losing all that staff and all those players, um, you know, it it really just comes down to, you know, he may have had a, you know, very tiny part in this national championship. And so, you know, maybe it is time to move on. But – I do hate to see, you know, LSU let him go. You know, that's his team. He's, he fits like a glove down yeah, there. He loves LSU. Go Tigers. And uh, it's going to be interesting, to say the least, to see him coaching somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but let's take it into the games from this past weekend. So, 
we're just going to get the the big one right out of the way. Purdue, Iowa, and I thought there's no chance Purdue takes this game. Yeah, I mean, you're you're not the only one that thought that. I mean, it's the number two ranked team in the country coming off a win against a top five team in Penn State. Yeah. And now you're playing a Purdue team, Purdue, who is now ranked for the first time since, what, like 2000? It's been a long time Very since Purdue's long. been ranked. But not only did Purdue beat them, they destroyed them. Like, it may have been only 17 points, but it was that game was never really close. Mm-hmm. And not to mention, it was at Iowa. So they went on the road in the Kinnick Stadium with and just destroyed them. And, you know, Purdue's got a pretty good coach down there in uh, that uh, a few years ago. They upset Ohio State. Yeah, in Purdue. So I mean, they're not a bad team, but at the same time, I thought Iowa would take care of business, and this this could open things up even more for Cincinnati to maybe get into that playoff whenever those initial rankings do come out. Yeah, really. Um, it, it really goes to show that the the Big Ten may be even more wide open than we've been talking about. I know, um, people are probably getting sick of hearing it because we've said it for the last three or four Hey, did weeks. y'all know it was wide open? But the Big Ten is wide open. It's really anybody's ball game out there. Everybody beating everybody in that conference right now. And you got to wonder if that could have an effect on how many teams could get in that playoff because if they just go one beats another yeah. and then that one gets beat by another, then they'd be lucky. Maybe they, maybe they don't get a team in the playoff at all. Yeah, I mean, depending on how records shake out by the end of this whole thing, you could really see no Big Ten teams if they just keep uh, going in this uh, circle of parity here where <laughs> they all keep beating each other. Um, but for now, I will say that my opinion stands right now that after that Iowa loss, only one Big Ten team's getting in. Um, yeah. You know, uh, because if anybody's going to get uh, the ability to make it in after losing their conference championship, it's going to be Alabama or Georgia. Um, Alabama is going to get the uh, the point over anybody else, even champion uh, champions of their divisions. Yeah. And then Georgia will too, as long as they continue this dominant run that they've had so far. Um, and their only loss ends up being in Alabama in the SEC championship. So, uh, I think it's hard to say that another conference, especially the Big Ten, would get another uh, representative in there. Um, but, as you said, since he jumps into number two, and you got to like the way that looks for their playoff chances. Yeah, it looks it looks really good. Like we said, SMU is still on there for them to play. They took care of UCF. And, yeah, from what we said on their schedule last week, their really only tough game left is that game against SMU. And after that, they really don't have – a tough opponent left. So all they got to do is win out the SMU game. will they will luckily, I believe it's, I want to say it's at SMU, but I'm not hundred percent sure. Um, but I still think that they can win out. They still got a Heisman trophy QB. They still got an overall solid team. And, you know, I, I truly believe they can make that playoff. Now, will they win a game that we'll have to wait and see on that. But yeah. I, I really think that they have a shot to be the first non power five team to get in the playoff. Yeah. I mean, the AP poll has really um, shaken it up, keeping them so high and putting them at two. Uh, you know, really, this is uh, this could be an eye opener. But of course, that committee is not the AP poll, and so they'll have their own opinions on the matter. But you have to think winning's only going to help their case. Um, and now we'll get to Arkansas. Um, their losing streak continues this weekend. <sighs> 
moves to three in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that's when you get to start calling it a streak. Is at three? I, I, th- I think that's fair. Um, and so you know, it looked like it was a close game there for a while. They came out mm-hmm. of half. They got a big score. And then it all just slipped away. You were there firsthand, so take it away. Let us let us feel it from the perspective of uh, a fan. Well, you know the it didn't the game didn't start out great. I mean, we fell behind fourteen to three, but then at the end of the first half, we scored a touchdown late, and I thought that would get us momentum. I'm like, okay, we'll we'll roll in the second half. Then we go out and score on our first offensive drive of the second half, and I'm like, okay, we're we're rolling now. We we got this. And then KJ gets sacked in the end zone. And where he fumbles in, they recover for a touchdown. After that, we didn't, we never had control back after that. But also, I just want to say, this is like, I'm going to disregard the Georgia game because let's face it, we've seen how dominant yeah. Georgia is. This is like the first game I look at and say, we played really bad in it. KJ, that's, this is probably the worst game I've seen him play. You know, like I said, regard, disregarding yeah. that Georgia game because, I mean, like I said, Georgia tears everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he just, he didn't make, he made some questionable choices, you know. Absolutely. Uh, could have taken off and run on some short third and shorts, and instead it's chunking it down the field. Was not very accurate throwing the ball at some points. And then Ken uh, Ken O'Brien's our offensive coordinator, was making some very questionable calls. Like on third and three, we have a shot. What We have a chance to pick up an easy first down. No, let's take a shot 40 yards down the field on third and three. Or every single first down, you run it up the middle. They're going to figure that out yeah. if you do that every single time. So, I mean, try something different. Play action, a jet sweep, something, something different. And then I don't know. I want to, I don't want to be entirely mad at the defense, but they have not played well the last three games. No, they haven't. And part of it, I want to say, is because of the opponents they're playing. But at the same time, I, I, I still expect better from them. Yeah. I mean, we may, Bo Nix had his best game of his career against us. May I repeat, this is Bo Nix, Mr. Inconsistent. Yeah. Can go out one week, look amazing. The next week is completely terrible. So, you know, it's like, it's like I said the last few weeks, even though it's three in a row, it's at least three in a row to teams that are very good. You got Ole Miss. I mean, you had Georgia, who's still ranked number one. Ole Miss, who's, Closer to getting to the top ten, they got Auburn, who's in the top twenty now. So I mean, it's it's rough losing three in a row, but it's, at least it's three in a row to competitive teams now. Yeah. So, um, but chance to bounce back this week facing UAPB. If we lose this game, I I, I don't know what I'll do. <laughs> Some I don't know if we'll be able to talk to Razorbacks next week. Yeah, here. we may just have to. Uh, that'll be a sore subject, I'm sure. But hopefully. They're able to just uh, uh, get a tune-up game yeah. in there. And, and then we can get back cool. on a roll and finish the year strong. Yeah. And maybe we can still beat Bama. Um, but speaking of bounce-backs and speaking of Bama, Bama makes a bounce-back this week against Mississippi State. This game, um, you know, on paper, you're thinking Bama-Mississippi State, Bama all day. But people were excited to see the matchup because Mississippi State was one of those teams that beat A&M and so people wanted to see if beating AM could translate to beating Alabama. It did not. <laughs> it wasn't anything close to it. And that's what you got to love about college football is anything can happen on any given night. It doesn't matter who you've beat. Um, I mean, it really doesn't make any sense. Nothing, yeah. nothing makes sense. I mean, we're four and three now. Arkansas is we we have wins against AM and AM beat Bama. Yeah. So like 
like nothing's when you're like, okay, it makes sense that they should beat them. College football's like, ha ha, not no. so fast. That's no, a great league, no. Corso says. Yeah, so uh, can't get too comfortable. But Bama gets it done. They are sitting at four right now in the AP poll. And they definitely, well, honestly, they should be at three ahead of Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma's played sloppy, but best game of the season, I would say, so far against TCU. Um, carrying us right into our next topic, Caleb Williams looked phenomenal in his first career start at Oklahoma. Yeah, this is like the first game I've looked at, and I'm like, wow, you know, Oklahoma looks good. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the most complete game I've seen him play. Caleb Williams, they were running an offense similar to one they ran with Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts. They weren't running that offense with Spencer Rattler the past year and about year and a half. Now they get back to that, and they were just dominant. Now, again, granted, it is TCU, but, I mean, that's still a solid opponent yeah. in the Big 12, and Caleb Williams looked really good. And all I got to say is Spencer Rattler is, uh, where are you playing school next year? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I would not be surprised if uh, his name pops up in the transfer portal uh, in a matter of weeks, honestly. Yeah. Um, it, it wouldn't surprise me if we're not too far removed from Spencer Rattler uh, calling it a season at Oklahoma and starting to look for a new home for next season. Uh, and so Caleb Williams plays phenomenal. This is the first game for Oklahoma that I thought, wow, Oklahoma won this game um, as opposed to saying their opponents lost this game. And while we're on the topic of the Big 12, let's talk Texas. Texas, Texas, Texas. Um, boy, they just keep finding uh, I'm a way. Choking. Yeah, uh, oh, they I'm keep sorry. finding a way to sneak into the top twenty-five. It's disgusting, honestly. They keep <laughs> sneaking in, and then back-to-back weeks against teams from the state of Oklahoma, and back-to-back huge, massive chokes. Uh, I mean, they're not back. Why do people keep trying to tell me they're back? You know, I don't. I don't, I don't know. Don't, don't ask me. I'm the one that never says they back. They haven't been back since, you know, before Charlie Strong got there. That was the last time I'd said Texas was even there. They ain't been back ever. Ever. The closest thing was the year they made to the uh, Sugar Bowl. But even that year, I mean, they lost to Maryland. They lost to Oklahoma State, who wasn't really that good that year. So, I mean, are you, are you really, are they really ever back, though? Yeah, no, uh. Honestly, this uh, this Texas talk's getting a little old, real fast. Um, it's usually that this point of the year, wherever people are like, "Gosh, Texas is so annoying to talk about them." Yeah, either they're the best team in the country or they're the worst team in the country. Um, so with, with that being said, I just got to get away from it. Um, <laughs> let's go to our game picks. Get ready to close out this episode. Uh. Uh, kind of a underwhelming week. Not a lot of huge matchups this week, but still could have some uh, shakeups in the college football playoff. First, we've got Iowa State, Oklahoma State, um, and I think this one's going to be a good one. This one is between a team that you picked to win the Big 12 and a team that I would like to see win the Big 12 at this point in the season. Who you got in this one? Well, I mean, let me clarify. I also not only did I pick them to win the Big 12, I picked them to be in the playoffs. So it has aged quite well. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also with you. I mean, at this point of the year, I want 
I want Oklahoma State to win the Big 12 and beat Oklahoma. But at the same time, I mean, this Iowa State team, like I said a few weeks ago, isn't, they're not bad. I mean, their only losses are to Iowa and Baylor, who are, we've both seen, are pretty good teams. So, I mean, and also find it odd that Iowa State is a seven-point favorite as an unranked opponent hosting the eighth-ranked team in the country. So that, but that's the kind of season it's been in college football where you really don't know what's going to happen. So, but, you know, as badly as I want to pick Iowa State to win, because, you know, I picked them to win the Big 12, and, you know, I want them to, but I just, I'm I'm really liking this Oklahoma State team. I really like them. I'm really interested to see how they finish the season. So I think it'll be really, really, really close. But I'm going to go with the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Uh, yeah, I, I've got to say I follow with you. Um, you know, even with Iowa State being the favorites, the game being in Ames, I just honestly feel like Oklahoma State has played well this season. And as much as I've liked Iowa State coming into the year, I I, I can't I, I I just can't say that I think they're going to win this one. I I like the Cowboys in this one. I want to ask you this question of real quick since we just brought up Oklahoma State on it. Um. With Caleb Williams now in for Oklahoma, do you still think Oklahoma State can beat Oklahoma? Oof, I don't know. Caleb Williams doesn't have a lot of tape on him, and that's always a benefit. Uh, how are you going to guard this guy? But Oklahoma State potentially gets two weeks in a row. Uh, <laughs> and they'll have a good and, amount of tape one week before they yeah. play him. So. so, you know, potential, if things stand as they do when we head into that final week of the regular season, there may be a setup for uh, Oklahoma State and Oklahoma to face each other two weeks in a row. So we'll keep an eye on that, Um, but I think it'll be interesting. The way Caleb Williams has looked is good, but I think I need to see another game as a starter just before I know if they're the real deal. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Next game we've got is USC-Notre Dame, big-time rivalry game, Um, and... You know these two teams want to go out there and beat each other. Doesn't mean a lot for the playoff. Notre Dame's probably out. USC is definitely out. But it's going to be a fun game. It's gonna they're going to play it like it's a national championship game. Yeah, I mean it's always a, it's always an intriguing game. You know, uh, it's it's usually uh, except for like maybe one or two years in a row that it happened. It's usually a close, yeah. really physical matchup. And you know. As much as I want to pick you at USC, you know, I'm just I, I just can't pick against Notre Dame. The only time I picked against Notre Dame, which was never so yeah. this season. So, you know, I'm going to go with Notre Dame in this one, but I think it's going to be – I would not be surprised – no offense to your Notre Dame team. I would not be surprised if USC is able to go in and pull off a win. No, yeah, I, I completely understand. I think this is really anybody's ball game. Notre Dame's looks a little bit shaky recently. Coming out of a bye week, maybe we can get some of that figured out. I like Notre Dame in this one, but I, I agree. I would not be surprised if USC comes out of nowhere, takes this ball game. And uh, last game pick right here, this could definitely have uh, an impact on what happens with the college football playoffs. Oregon, UCLA. Now, UCLA looked good coming into the season. They're probably out of the college football playoff at this point, but Oregon has the slimmest of chances to get in, and a loss here puts those chances to bed. A a two-loss Pac-12 champion will have no chance. 
Not even one bit. Yeah, to make it in. So uh, who do you got in this one? Well, you know, I mean, it's cool. College game days going to L.A. You know, it's nice for them not to go to Georgia every single week now, especially with them having to buy. So, uh, you know, it's interesting. I'm hoping Bill Walton's the guest picker. If he's not, I'm going to be really upset. (laughs) But, um, you know, I I mean, I want to look at it, and I think Oregon's a solid team. But I like having some fun with this one, and I really think UCLA – while not terrific, they've shown at some points during some games this year, they're not a bad football team. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to go with a little bit of a with a little bit of the upset. I'm going to go UCLA. But also one more thing after you make your pick, I, I just remembered something completely that I wanted to talk to you about. So after this pick. Oh, all right. Um, Coming into this one, I'm thinking, man, I'd like to see an upset. I like the way UCLA looked early in the season, but. When I think about it, I think UCLA has really sputtered out this season. And Oregon has looked good for most of the season. Um, and C.J. Verdell has looked really good this year. Um, and with that being said, I, I got to take Oregon in this one. Uh, I, I just I don't know if I want to go all in on the underdog here. <laughs> I'm feeling like C.J. Verdell may have a field day in this one. But we'll see. Uh, so, yeah, that thing I wanted to talk about was, I don't know, I'm sure everyone heard about the Tennessee Ole Miss ending. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, obviously, if you've not heard how it ended, let's just say there was mustard, there was golf balls, lots of stuff being thrown on the field. The cheerleaders and band had to exit the stadium before the game was over. And then the ending of the game was just so anticlimactic, you know, a player running out of bounds. On the final play, I mean, I didn't. Know, I was going to see what your thoughts were on that whole situation. Um, obviously, you know, the ending of the game was disappointing. You never want to see something end quite like that. You know, you'd want to see him go down swinging, not I surrender uh, when you step out of bounds. And man, obviously, I don't think it was intentional. I don't know that his yeah. mind was thinking, "I'm just stepping out, so this will be." You can over. see he kind of like put his head up, like he was trying to look at the clock. Yeah. But there was three seconds when the play started, so. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, time doesn't move the same when you're in that moment. Uh, you know, I'm sure that he thought he was stopping the clock and he thought he, he was giving his team a chance for one more play. But the whole thing with throwing stuff on the field, don't don't go to the football game if you're going to be like that. Don't go to any sporting event ever. Lock yourself up in your house and throw stuff at your TV. Lock yourself in your basement. <laughs> yeah, throw stuff at your TV. Don't throw stuff on the field. Don't hit coaches Yeah, with golf balls. If that hits him in the head, do you know how dangerous yeah, that could have been? Yeah, that's really bad. <laughs> um, You know, Lane Kiffin has been a real good sport about the incident. You didn't see him go off in a rant on the field in post-game interviews, on social media after the game. And he's a very active social media yeah. coach. Recommend following um, him if you don't. But uh, I, I think that the situation is being handled well by the NCAA. A lot of fans are looking at being banned from yeah. future they events. They reportedly have arrested 18 people that were in the stands there in Tennessee, got um, like a $250,000 fine. So yeah. they're, they're they're paying the price for it. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous to even act like that. Uh, we saw that earlier this year with Alex Verdugo getting hit by a baseball coming out of the stands. True. Um. So I don't know what's up with people throwing things onto the field. We I had now, this problem in the NBA last yeah. year. Spitting on people, yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, 
Yeah, and we we've had this whole discussion before. <laughs> I don't understand why you go to a sporting event to act like that. Um, I will say Arkansas may have may have looked terrible, and our fans may have booed, but we did not we did not throw yeah. stuff on the field. So um, I didn't go to Athens and throw my forty dollar Powerade <laughs> on the field. Um, but I I just don't get it. I I mean. I, in the baseball game, I almost want to understand because you're on the road. You're in Yankee Stadium. You want to throw the ball back onto the field. But you don't throw it right at Alex Verdugo. And it wasn't like it was a home run ball. He threw the ball into the stands to a Red Sox fan. You stepped in front of the fan, caught the ball, and threw it back at him. Um, I, I really don't understand that. Uh, I just don't understand throwing things on the field in general. I, I think that people should learn how to act right and uh you know i, I just i'm tired I'm tired of seeing it quite uh, frankly absolutely yeah i just want to get your thought on that before we close yeah um but with all that being said i'm austin hill with austin waiter as always this is the bold take podcast and please don't throw things on the field <laughs>